thanks for joining me today on the latest episode of Conversations and Connections. Again, we're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And today, got a special guest all the way from Austin uh, with the uh, Texas Association Against Sexual Assault, otherwise known as TASA. Uh, I had the pleasure of recently recording an interview with Emiliano de Leon, who is the men's engagement specialist. Um, As the uh, prevention coordinator for the agency and a member of the prevention team, uh, myself, along with other folks here on the prevention team, have worked with Emiliano with different, uh, different projects, different things in the past. So it was good to catch up with Emiliano via Zoom to talk about a special project that he has been undertaking now for about the past year, uh, and that is called Texas Men Speak. So I recently sat down with Emiliano, again via Zoom, to talk to him about the project. So let's give that a listen. Well, Emiliano De Leon, thank you so much for joining us via Zoom this so happy morning. happy to be with you, Stuart. It's, it's always a pleasure to... Uh to chat with you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Emiliano. So uh, first of all, uh, so with TASA, and that's the Texas Association Against Sexual Assault, you're the men's engagement specialist. Uh, I guess, first of all, tell me a little bit about your role in that title. What does the men's engagement specialist do? Well, thank you, Stuart, uh, for having me. Um, yeah, I'm the, the you know, my name's Emiliano diaz Leon. Uh, I am the men's engagement specialist. I've been with TASA now for 13 years. And so uh, it's a really unique role here at TASA. So, uh, you know, I, I get to provide uh, training and technical assistance around engaging men in, in the prevention and advocacy uh, of sexual violence. Um, so, you know, w- when we think about all the other coalitions in the country and territories, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really unique in that way. There's only a handful of, of coalitions that have this type of position that, that focuses on uh, engaging male-identified folks, um, like I said, around the prevention and, and advocacy. So that also means for, you know, helping uh, rape crisis centers, other institutions, social service agencies, colleges and universities really think about um, engaging men in the prevention as well as uh, providing uh, victim advocacy around sexual violence. So uh, it's really unique. You know, I've, I've been in this, uh, this role for a while. I don't know exactly how many of the 13 years I was the men's engagement specialist, but I've been working in, you know, in the arena of prevention uh, my entire professional life. So prior to coming to TASA, I was a, a victim advocate and a uh, volunteer coordinator, a, a community educator. Um, you know, I worked at uh, the shelter here in Austin, Texas, uh, as a children's advocate. So, uh, and then prior to that, I was a volunteer. So, um, you know, victim advocacy prevention work has always been is my life's work, um, and so I am I am very fortunate to to be able to focus on this particular initiative here in Texas. And so I, I do want to get to probably the, the main thing we're going to be talking about is the Texas men speak uh, here in just a second. But I kind of want to go back 
with your role and even the role that I have here at the Family Crisis Center as the prevention coordinator, how, you know, when we go to, well, back in the day when we used to go to conferences in person, uh, you didn't see, I mean, there, there are men doing this work, but it's not a whole lot. How important is it, in your opinion, that men become active in sexual assault prevention work? Well, it definitely has changed since I started, you know, um, like many folks who, who are listening to this, they may be the, the first uh, male identified person working uh, in their agency, uh, either as a staff person or as a volunteer. And that was true for me as well. Uh, when, I, when I started at Safe Alliance here in Austin, Texas, uh, I was the first male identified person to work as a victim advocate in the, in the Battle Women's Shelter. Um, and the, the, first, the first volunteer, um, male volunteer in that capacity. And so, um, but I was not the only, you know, I wasn't the first male identified person that had worked with the organization in some capacity. And so it was those men that came before me that really opened the door and made it possible for me to uh, work as a victim advocate, you know, to volunteer and then to work as a victim advocate. Um, and I have seen um, now at Safe Alliance, there's countless men, right? They just make up um, a significant part of, they're not half of the staff, but they make a significant part of the staff of Safe Alliance as well as volunteers, right? And so um, I think for, for men who have been engaged in this work, we don't realize, uh, and it's an important reminder that we're opening doors for other male identified folks to, and modeling what that work looks like, right? And so I think that's that's really important. Uh, there's still a lot of work for us to do. There's still not enough men uh, in, engaged in this work as, as volunteers, as uh, victim advocates, as prevention educators, as uh, board members, donors, et cetera, right? So I think there is an, you know, an important opportunity for the male identified folks who are listening to your podcast um, to get involved. Um, you know, and, and to figure out how they can um, support the survivors in their life uh, and the survivors in their community. I think there's, you know, a tremendous opportunity for us to, to lead by example and to encourage the boys and men in our life to do the same, uh, to get involved. Because ultimately, um, when we all do this work, when we do this work with women who have been engaged in this work from the very beginning, um, I think ultimately we'll, we'll create a society that, you know, is, is just and without violence. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, boys and men have an important role and responsibility um, in that work. You know, girls and women can't do it uh, alone. We have to do it with them. And so I definitely want to invite all the male identified folks who are listening to, uh, to get involved in some way. Um, right. And I guess that's that's one of the the unique things I like about what I do. And I don't know if I notice it as much now as I did when I first started. And you probably have seen a difference from when you first started till till now. If you're going somewhere to do a presentation or to speak, and they see a man talking about sexual violence prevention, you know, uh, where you know, and I always try to reiterate, you know, men can be. Men are victims as well, or men are survivors, I should say, as, as well. Um, but 
again, you know, facts are facts, and probably the majority of uh, at least reported assaults, uh, uh, women are are the survivors, and I think it just shows it's a good it's a good thing for survivors and other folks in the community to see men taking up this this role in being advocates for survivors of any type of relationship violence. Absolutely, Stuart. I think you're you're a great example of that. I mean, you 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 are leading by example, and I imagine that there um, are other boys and men who have uh, who have got involved with your organization as a result of the work that you do, as a result of an invitation that you made, or yeah, you know, said something, or people just knowing the fact that you work um, at the center. So I think you know that makes a real difference, and I think um, again we we have a lot of work to do. Um, not just in terms of our involvement, but I think uh, in the prevention sure. of, of, you know, domestic and sexual violence right. um, and other forms of interpersonal violence, right? Yeah. So I think we, you know, we, we have a lot, we have a lot of work to do as men. Um, and so I think you spoke to that earlier in terms of, you know, a part of that work is, is you know, our statewide initiative called the, the, the Texas Men Speak, which is really intended to to organize and uh, encourage and support and hold accountable male-identified folks who, who are engaged in that work, right? Um, whether it is at a, at a local rape crisis center, whether it is at a college or university, whether it is, um, you know, at their, their place of worship, wherever, you know, like wherever there are men who are engaged in this work, uh, we want to support those individual those individuals and, and create a community, um, you know, for self-reflection and for, uh, you know, education and, and, and development around uh, healthy masculinity. And so the Texas Men Speak is, you know, uh, we, we will be celebrating one year uh, next month uh, with this particular initiative. Um, and, and, and we're excited about continuing it, uh, you know, into the future in terms of continuing to organize men around the state um, and inviting rape crisis centers to organize um, the men in their own community to uh, facilitate these kinds of discussions, right? There's no reason that um, folks uh, at a local level can, can organize their buddies and, um, you know, the guys in their community to have these same discussions, uh, but at but at a local level, um, and then con connect with us, you know, at the statewide level and 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 men around the state, virtually, um, to you know, again to network, to share resources, to share encouragement, but also to hold each other accountable, because right. I think ultimately, in order for us to be um, effective, we need to be responsible um, in the work that we do, um, in our relationships uh, with the girls, women, and children in our lives, including with other men. So I think um, ultimately that's, you know, the, the, the mission uh, of the, of the te Texas Men Speak. In your experience so far, even, uh, either with Texas Men Speak or just as a prevention worker, in Texas, how easy or how hard has it been to engage men 
who aren't already in this line of work. Now, I've, I've sat in on some of the Texas men speak um, uh, Zoom calls that you've had, and, and a lot of a lot of the guys in those calls are in the same field that we're in. But going beyond that and engaging the community, like we always try to do, um, what's your been? What has been your experience with that? Again. I can speak for East Texas and, you know, you're in Austin, so it may be a little bit easier because Austin is probably more of a, uh, a liberal environment uh, uh, that may be more receptive to this work. But what has been your experience with doing this work in Texas engaging and engaging men specifically? Uh, great question, Stuart. I think for... For folks that are listening, uh, if you are doing this work in some form, whether you, uh, whether you're a youth minister, whether you're a coach, whether you're a father, uh, whether you're a father figure, um, a mentor uh, that is working with with the boys and men in your life, uh, you it's not easy. It's really hard work. I think um, so. I just want to acknowledge that that it's this is not. Um, while we think uh, this is still not the norm, this is not mainstream, right? And so unfortunately we haven't gotten to a place where uh, the majority of men feel like, um, like are making this the issue of domestic and sexual violence uh, a priority um, in their lives, in their relationships, in their conversations. Uh, but I think so it, it, it's not easy work of, of organizing men around these issues, but I think it really starts um, at the relationship level, right? It's like, I think, you know, we can, we can use me and you as an example of, of developing a relationship over time of working together, providing encouragement and support to you and, and, and to the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. Um, you know, I, I really believe that if we're going to be effective uh, around these issues, we have to begin with the relationship. We need to um, start with the relationships that we have, right? The, the men who are sort of in our circle. And I think <clears throat> inviting them into those conversations, you know, like my son, just having a conversation with him this morning in the car on the way to school um, about you know, what it means to be a boy, what it means to be, you know, he's turning 12 today. And, um, you know, where he's at developmentally uh, and, and having that conversation, that particular milestone for him is significant for us as a family. And so it's about him growing into becoming, you know, uh, this wonderful, you know, he's just an, an amazing, brilliant, beautiful uh, boy, you know, that's becoming this young man. And so I think those are the kinds of conversations that we're already having. And we're really successful at having those conversations with our, with our friends and our, you know, our children and the men in our life that we love and that we live with. Um, and then once, once we are comfortable having, engaging in these conversations about healthy relationships and around sexual violence and domestic violence and dating violence, et cetera. Then I think we can, we can go out of that circle of influence and really be into influencing other men that live outside of our, 
uh, our home, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's the people that we worship with, whether it's our coworkers or classmates, right? So we begin to move out to that, that next layer uh, of, of relationships. And I think that's the hard, that's the hardest, right? Is just finding the courage. Um, and it doesn't require any special training. So for folks who are listening to this podcast, you don't need to, you don't need to go through, you know, the 40 hour training at Family Crisis Center of East Texas to do this work. Like, it's just about having conversations uh, with the boys and men in your life, just really honest, open conversations uh, about these issues and about, um, you know, more importantly, modeling what we want to see in the world in terms of uh, what we want to see in our relationships, uh, not just with our partners, but also with our children. And um, so it doesn't, you know, we, we could talk about what it means to be a healthy man. What does healthy manhood look like? Healthy masculinity look like? I think for um, some guys, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead I think first. I think for some men, you know, for us, it's probably an easier thing to talk about. But I think for some men, that's kind of even... You're talking about having that conversation with your son this morning on the way to school about uh, um, physical things, about being a man. I think for a lot of men, that's a hard conversation to have, even with their son. Yeah, and it takes courage. It takes courage, and it also requires for us to have information, right? It's not uh, because I don't, you know, you know, I'm told that I need to have all the answers, but I don't have all the answers, right, because of uh, you know, these ideas, these stereotypes that we have about men and, and masculinity that we have to have all the answers, but, you know, you, you know, like I know I don't have all the answers. And so sometimes I have to look for that. Right. I have to be informed I, you know, I have to uh, listen to a podcast, read an article, uh, watch a video. So, so that I can understand how to have that conversation about puberty, for example, with my son, right? Because nobody had that conversation with me when I was a boy. So, you know, I think for folks who, who are listening to this podcast might not know my, my story, I encourage you to Google me. And, um, but one, you know, a significant part of my story is that I, I uh, my father was not in my life. And so I, I grew up uh, raised by a single mom and she didn't know how to have that conversation with me when I was 12. Um, you know, I didn't have a man, there wasn't a man in my life that had that conversation, like, a, you know, an uncle, my grandfather, they weren't, uh, you know, they were present, but they weren't, they didn't know how to have those conversations with me. They were awkward and um, didn't have the language. Right. And so, I, you know, as, you know, as I, as I be, have, yeah, you know, when I became a father uh, 12, 12 years ago today, um, I had to learn, you know, I had to read some books. I had to, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out what it means to, to, to be a father and how to be an engaged father and to have those conversations and, um, and, and to ask other dads how, you know, that, that, that have, you know, that have raised boys. Uh, what is that conversation like? How, you know, what's the best way to have that conversation? When's the best way? Time to have that conversation. Right. And, I, and so I've learned a lot from, uh, the, the men in my life that, that are that are fathers and father figures, but I also have learned a lot from my partner, and I've learned a lot from women, right, in terms of how they 
uh, have raised their sons or their daughters. And so I think, how do I apply those lessons, right? How do I, how do I then incorporate them into my conversations with my son? You know, and, and I think ultimately I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not, I'm not a perfect dad. I'm not a perfect partner. And that's okay. Like nobody expects, like if you're listening to this, Stuart and myself don't expect you to be perfect. It's just the willingness to have an open mind and open heart. Right. And, and, and be just willing to listen and to learn and to have a conversation, right? It's not going it's, to, it's, there's no script. Honestly, there's no script that I can give you, Stuart, or to anybody who's listening to this podcast about how to have those conversations. I think you, you know, you really, I really believe in trusting your gut and your best, um, your instincts and having information on hand and, or saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or, or let's Google it. Let's Google this together. Right. Um, let me find a book, you know? Um, so that, that's a good example. I think when my son, I didn't quite have the language and know how to talk about purity. We began talking about that around fifth grade. Um, you know, when they began, like they had a class about puberty, right? Because as, as the boys and girls in fifth grade were beginning to mature, you know, they have at the end of the school year, they have a conversation about puberty as an example. And he was really uncomfortable with that conversation. And he was uncomfortable even having that conversation with us, even though he trusts us and we know, you know, we love him and it's safe. It was still difficult. It, It was very uncomfortable for him. So one of the things that me and Cynthia, my partner, decided to do was provide him with a book about that's specifically written for boys about purity. Awesome. He loves, he loves reading. Gave him the book. He read it like the same day. And we told him, we say, you have any questions whenever you, you want to talk about anything you just read, um, just come to us. Like we will, we will either find out for you or we will talk <laughs> about that that particular issue uh, about right. And so that door is always open. And I think the same is true with our conversations with the boys and men in our lives. We have to crack that door open a little bit and allow men to open it when, when they're, when they're ready. Right. Um, and, and again, it, it, it requires, so it requires a relationship. It requires trust, um, which, you know, are important to us as men, you know what I mean? Just like to be able to trust, um, you know, what we share, <laughs> like, you know, especially if we're going to be vulnerable, if we're going to share part of ourselves, uh, then we need to be able to trust the person, um, you know, with that part of ourselves. And, and so, and that takes time. Um, right. and so again, like for folks who are listening to this podcast, if you're, you know, a man or a woman, uh, I don't expect you to leave this podcast and go and have a conversation uh, with the boys and men in your life. I just hope that you um, will use this uh, conversation as a as a way to open that door. Like, just share this podcast episode with them um, and, and and come back to them and say, "What did you think? I thought it was interesting. I thought what Stewart said, or I thought what Emiliano said, was really interesting. That was an yeah. interesting point. I had never thought about that before." And then the, you know, like the, the, that's how we use, um, that's how we use this kind of content, right? That's how we use, that's how we could use books and articles and podcasts and videos just to begin, um, 
those hard conversations and, and to know that you're not alone and that it's not easy and you're not always going to get it right. And that's okay. So uh, quickly, I want to talk about uh, Texas Men Speak. You said it's been, you're, you're coming up on a year, right? Of, of that. Where, what do you see the future of that happening? You know, and I may be completely wrong when I say this, it seems like right now, you know, the, the sessions I've uh, attended via Zoom, it's been like-minded men in this work, uh, having discussions, which is awesome, which is great. I think as men in prevention, we still have issues and we still have things that we need to talk about other, other men with. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but the future of Texas Men Speak, do you want to see that going beyond what you're doing now? Yeah, great question. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is this particular initiative uh, is unique because of uh, we launched this initiative at the at the um, during COVID, and um, unfortunately we're still in it right uh, with the with the Delta variant, and so as a result of that the the entire this entire initiative has been virtual, but it's also uh, there's a silver lining to that is that. Um, male-identified folks from around the state have been able to participate virtually through Zoom, like you said, on a monthly basis. So these are monthly conversations um, on, on different uh, topics. And those topics were determined by the men who, you know, men who are, who are engaged in this work around the state. And um, so, you know, we've explored, you know, in September, it'll be 12 different topics. Um, and, and what's unique about the Texas Men Speak, it's not a series, it's not a training, it's really, it, it is a, it a, a discussion-based um, initiative uh, that's focused on that topic. And so we, we really, we, we, we try to, as much as we can in an hour, to unpack and to explore and to have a conversation with just men, right? And in and, and that way, it's really unique, right? Um, and so men are able to participate via Zoom and engage in, in the conversation if they can and they want. Um, so it's sort of drop in. So if that topic doesn't, you know, really interest you, that's okay. There, there's going to be a topic in the series that might interest you. Uh, maybe you're a coach. And so you attended uh, the session on working with coaches. And so um, sort of as an example, and, and, and we really want to continue to create a space where um, male-identified folks will absolutely attend monthly, right? Because it's, it's a small commitment that we're asking men to make uh, is to, to, to tune in for, for an hour once a month um, and to participate in some, some, convert, some dialogue, dialogue online. So uh, we were using, you know, when we created this initiative, uh, we have, there are two components to it. There is a, a Google Classroom where we try to, at the beginning of the month, try to get men to think about that topic and to explore that topic, to read an article, listen to a podcast, watch a video, watch a film, um, and, and answer some reflective questions. So we're sort of like getting you ready for uh, the virtual, the virtual, the virtual uh, gathering. Uh, so that you already have some ideas, you have some thoughts that, you, that you're ready to share. And that space is really intended for you then to share those ideas that you might have 
been thinking about on your own or in the Google Classroom with other men. And so that's sort of how this initiative, how we rolled out this initiative. Um, what we're doing, what we're doing starting this month is we're going to be conducting um, uh, an annual, you know, another questionnaire, questionnaire uh, that will help us determine the, the topics for the next 12 months. Um, and so men who have been participating in, in, in Texas Men Speak, which, you know, over the year, there have been about, uh, I think the, the most current number is about 70 men in some form have either attended one or multiple Texas Men Speak. So about 70 men have come through uh, Texas Men Speak. Are gonna, you know, we're asking them to complete this questionnaire and to help guide uh, both the structure uh, in the topics for the next 12 months. So starting in October, we'll be relaunching the Texas Men Speak and it will be, it will continue to be virtual because of, like I said, because of COVID and Delta. Um, while we were hoping to begin to meet with men in person around the state, that probably won't happen uh, this year. Yeah. And so, you know, we're hoping that we're going to be able to do that in, in, in 22. Um, and what that means is that men, you know, like yourself, uh, at the Family Crisis Center of East Texas would be able to host uh, a Texas Men Speak meeting. Um, and invite men from the local community and the, the, the region to attend, right? And so uh, I would show up and, you know, facilitate that, that month's topic uh, with the men who are in there, who are attending in person, who you've, you've been organizing, the, uh, who are involved with your organization or who you want, you know, like this is an opportunity for you to invite men into the conversation. And then men would be able to tune in virtually and participate virtually through Zoom. So you'd have, you'd have me and you in person with other men in the room, and then you'd have men from all over the state and around the country that would be able to, to, to tune in virtually and participate in that dialogue. So that is really our hope for 22 is that we're able to host, uh, you know, that rape crisis centers are able to host. So if you're listening to this and you're really, you're really curious and you would love to be a part of this initiative, uh, please, please reach out to me because uh, we will begin to hopefully plan some of those in-person um, gatherings. Because so it, really is, it, it really is intended to help folks organize men at the local level right. so that those men in that organization, like the men from that organization can continue participating in the statewide network. And so that, that really is the idea is that we want to support men on the ground. Right, like my role as the men's engagement specialist is to support men like you, Stuart, um, and the work that you're doing with other boys and men in your community and anyone who's engaged in that work, whether right. they're at a rape crisis center or whether they're just listening to this podcast. Well, and, and that was going to be my next question. Um, I know right now we're meeting through Zoom, and you said it uh, next month or yeah, October. There's going to be a questionnaire set out how we want to go forward with this. Are there still going to be monthly meetings throughout the end of the year? Are you going to take a hiatus and start back? No, 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 go no break. So actually, we're going to be conducting the questionnaire in September. Okay. And then based on based on that that the feedback from men who have participated in Texas Men's Speak, uh, we'll be developing that ser the series, which will start in October uh, October first. The so, other unique 
the other unique thing is that we are switching to, we're creating a Facebook. Uh, we're moving from Google Classroom to, to a Facebook group. Okay. Because, because, you know, I was new to Google Classroom. I think most men, you know, who are listening to this might be familiar with it because of their children during maybe virtual education uh, during COVID. Uh, but I think most men our age, uh, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, I know I'm still on Facebook and I know a lot of men my age like um, are on Facebook. And so we're going to move, we're going to move it to Facebook and we're going to create a Facebook group. Okay. And, and what's going to be unique about that is that you will have an opportunity, even if you are attending the, the Texas, the Texas men speak for the first time, you will have an opportunity to go through the previous 12 units, right? The, the previous 12, 12 topics. And so Facebook allows you to, you know, in a Facebook group to create units of study, right? And these are self-guided. So it's not a requirement of being in the group, but uh, for, for men who want to explore the issue that we've, you know, the, the last 12 topics can do that in the Facebook group. For right now, is, are, is the, are men who are listening uh, to the podcast now, are they open to attend the current Texas Men's Absolutely, meeting? absolutely. If they want to do yeah. that, how? If you, if you are listening to this, please join me and Stuart, right? This is, this, this is, this is holding, you know, Stuart putting, putting the fire under the seat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there, there's a virtual gathering this month um you know on the 23rd of September from 10 to 11 o'clock central and so uh yeah if if any if 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 you're a man here in Texas and, and you want to join it just check it out uh encourage you to reach out to me at uh Texas uh, or I'm sorry TX men speak at tasa t-a-a-s-a dot org so uh and you know I don't know Stuart if you can include that in the notes, but um, reach out to Stuart and Stuart can put you in touch with me, but you can, you can, again, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you the email address again. It's txmenspeak at taasa.org. And so just email me to, to RSVP that you're interested in attending the September 23rd um, Texas, Texas Men Speak discussion this month. Uh, for the month of September. So there's, there's plenty of time to join us for that. Um, and that will, you will be added to sort of our lead list uh, for the Texas Men Speak initiative. And so you'll receive um, emails, like regular emails about uh, upcoming uh, virtual gatherings. And so, yeah, folks are, you know, men are, men are more than welcome to join us um, in September. And then to continue, um, right. you know, uh, for the next 12 months. And so, um, yeah, it'll be a really unique experience because I think, again, the Facebook group will allow us to do, to, to engage each other a little bit easier in discussion pre and post the virtual gathering. And that really, that is really our intention. We also hope that, you know, through this questionnaire, uh, one of the things we've been hearing from from folks is that they're getting a lot of from the they're getting a lot out of the virtual gatherings in terms of both their learning, but they also feel like it's not enough time, right? 
um, to really to, to, to get deep, to get deeper and, and to really to dig into the topic. Sure. And so we, we hear that and we're hoping that men through the questionnaire will be able to request, uh, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. So we'll see, because again, all of that is guided by men. Uh, you know, the, the feedback from men who participate in the, you know, who complete the questionnaire will really help us design the most effective, uh, in, you know, program for the next 12 months. And so, um, you know, I don't determine that the, the men in the group do in terms of the topics that we explore. Um, so this month we'll, in September, we'll be exploring um, accountability for male allies, right? What does that mean to be a male ally and how do we hold each other accountable, especially when we engaged in problematic or abusive behavior in our relationships, whether it's our work relationships, our professional relationships, uh, our personal relationships, et cetera. So we're gonna explore that in September and we hope that if you're listening, if you're a man and you're interested in, in joining us um, and joining me and Stuart, uh, that, that you'll definitely reach out in RSVP for September's meeting. Awesome. Emilio, before we go, I, there's one more question I want to ask. Uh, and I always especially ask if I have men in this line of work on, on the podcast. You said you've pretty much have been an advocate and you've done prevention work on and off for most of your professional life. What, what made you get involved in this? What prompted you to decide this is the career path you want to go into? Yeah, like I said, if you, if you Google, you'll, you'll find my story. Um, and it, it really started when I was a, a young man uh, in high school. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm a survivor of, of family violence. And as a result of those experiences, began um, engaging in abusive behavior as a, as a teenage boy. Um, and it was through a program from Safe Alliance here in Austin um, at my high school called Expect Respect, uh, where I sort of begin to unlearn um, and undo the harm um, that my abusive behavior was causing um, and, and to heal from the, the, the violence that I was experiencing at home, right? So I imagine a lot of folks who are listening are survivors themselves also. Um, and so have that lived experience. And so that was what drove me to, to join uh, Expect Respect in high school when I was a sophomore. And then when I graduated, I decided this was sort of the work that I wanted to do um, professionally. Okay. And so I, I began to volunteer at, at Safe Alliance and then um, started working at Safe Alliance at the shelter when I was 21. And so, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing this work since I was a young man. And, and I think ultimately it is, it is my life's work and it's, um, and it doesn't matter whatever, if you're listening, regardless of your age or regardless of your experience, it's never too late to get involved, um, to volunteer, to, to work for, uh, to work with your local organization, um, your local rape crisis center, domestic violence center. Um, so I, I really, I think it is important for you to, to, to get involved, right? And, and hopefully, you know, our mission here at TASA is to end sexual violence in Texas. And I think ultimately I've embraced that vision that I, I hope that we can end both domestic violence and sexual assault and dating violence, et cetera, uh, in, in, in my lifetime or at least in my son's lifetime. And, and I really believe that. Uh, but again, 
we like we have to do that together with women and girls. And so, and I think, you know, again, like we've spoken about, boys and men have a, an important role and responsibility um, in helping to bring an end uh, to, 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 to inter, you know, interpersonal violence in all of its forms. So that really is the invitation here, you know, is, is, is to really, to, to change uh, our culture and to change our society and to make Texas uh, a safe place for everyone. Awesome. All right. Emiliano, thank you so much for taking some time. I know your schedule is probably pretty busy, but uh, again, I appreciate you uh, responding to the call and uh, being on the podcast. Thank you. Any Anything for you, Stuart, in, in the, the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. So uh, yeah, but however I can support you and uh, you know, thank you so much for the work that you do and uh, that your organization does uh, with victims and survivors on a daily basis. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And again, I really do appreciate Emiliano for taking time to join me via Zoom for that talk about Texas Men Speak. So if you have any questions about Texas Men Speak, again, uh, the contact is Speak at tasa.org. And I will also put that um, and the uh, that email address in the show notes as well. So if you have any questions about this or anything that you've heard on Conversations and Connections, you can email us at conversationsandconnections at fcce.com. And if you also feel like you need the services of the Family Crisis Center for any reason, we do have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, toll-free hotline. That phone number is 1-800-828-7233. Again, that's 1-800-828-7233. Be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can subscribe to us via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice. And remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.